1: Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding.
0: Hey folks, Sarah and Sarah here from Feisty Media's If We Were Riding podcast. So Sarah, do you remember last year when we created the feistiest team in endurance sports? Oh, I remember. (laughs) It's a, okay, it's a team that faces challenges head on, understands the connection between mental and physical health, understands the value of a good laugh, we definitely understand that, Um, and aims to get the best out of ourselves and each other in sport and life.
1: Yeah, so we've had a full year of virtual happy hours and expert talks, team challenges, awesome prizes, and swag, and we are ready to open the door for year two of the Feisty team. We are relaunching, officially, but that's not all. They wouldn't call us feisty if we
0: didn't have something extra up our sleeves. (laughs) So this year, since racing is kicking off again, we decided to kick off even harder. On May 18th to 20th, we'll be hosting the Level Up Summit, which is three evenings of learning and fun to set
1: the tone for 2021. At Level Up, we'll discuss everything you'll need to start your race season off with a bang. Work with your female physiology to get the best out of yourself and stay true to our community goal of creating a more inclusive sport.
0: So when you sign up for the Feisty Team, you get access to the Level Up Summit for free. You can also sign up for the summit separately if you wish, if you just want to get like a taste of what the Feisty Team is about.
1: Head on over to FeistyTriathlon.com for all the deets.
0: Yep, that's feistytriathlon.com, which is also a brand new website. Racing is back, and together we will level up. Hey, Sarah, how you doing?
1: Oh, well, I w- my default response is to say just dandy. <laughs> but I'm actually... You actually
0: say that? Like if someone... What, you'd you actually say just peachy dandy? Peachy
1: keen. You say- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you don't say,
0: I'm fine, how are you? You say, I'm peachy keen.
1: I'm peachy keen. No, I don't say that either. Um, I'm normal. Come on. I don't say that. It's debatable. (laughs) Excellent point. I'm actually really tired. Really, really tired today. And I understand that that's pretty normal during pregnancy. But I think a lot of it is I got my second vaccination yesterday.
0: Oh, you did.
1: Yeah. And it's so it's on top of my normal fatigue from growing uh so we've been calling the baby savage um so <laughs> as you do <laughs> yeah, so, unborn growing child. Savage, true yeah 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 well this was ben's suggestion growing fine. savage uh, true <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is amazing well,
1: again okay. very normal very normal uh, yeah, stuff here. seriously but like how I, I feel extra wiped out where, oh, oh my gosh, all I want to do is sleep today. So this could be an interesting, one of those podcasts where you're tired, I'm tired, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But, how, how are you doing i don't i i feel like
0: i should share this with our audience but right before we started recording i spent about five minutes looking around the room for inspiration on a certain topic because i couldn't think of something so like my brain was just completely blank so unclear how this is going to go um great but i do have a question okay what are your oh. if you're tired because of the vaccine what are your symptoms
1: uh I mean, it's just more tired than normal, so I'm assuming that's because of the vaccine.
0: Right. How many not days? because I'm. I'm asking you this because I'm getting my first dose oh, yeah. on um, Saturday.
1: Oh yeah. So I got I got Pfizer, mm-hmm. and all I got was a little arm soreness, uh, and then this is what. The, yesterday was my yesterday afternoon was my second of the Pfizer's, and I felt okay the rest of the day, but then I just woke up this morning feeling a little flattened, um, like no, no fever or anything. I know people have been feeling symptoms like that. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. It may just be the baby's going through like a gross spurt or something. Hmm. It's getting super savage. Yeah. Was there any,
0: did you hesitate at all being pregnant, getting the vaccine?
1: No, nah, nah. not at all. I don't think I would. Add. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, my, my understanding is that, uh you know it really like if if I were to get COVID it would be a lot more severe Mm. and there uh are implications to the baby like there's there's premature birth and associated with with COVID and you know pregnant mothers and like the placenta gets um uh again brain not working (laughs) but yeah there are repercussions. Okay. So basically, I, I asked I asked my, my medical team, like, you know, should I, if I have the opportunity, basically, everybody said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I did, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I have too much faith in the medical establishment, but I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. If all, basically, if all the pregnant doctors are getting it, then I'm going to get it too. And that's basically, that was my understanding. Yeah.
0: I think that's yeah. smart. I probably would yeah. too. Um, cool. Okay. Coming up on the show... Sarah and I are going to do our highlights of the day. We're going to talk about the Olympic qualification system for the US, um, feedback from our unsolicited advice segment, and also we have a new segment, unsolicited advice from Sarah and Sarah after this. Every day, there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our, if we were riding listeners, 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding, as in, if we were, change is an inside job, start inside.
1: Okay, so Sarah, I put this in the show notes because I just saw something earlier today that made me so insanely happy. I was out for a run, was running in the woods a little bit, and I saw a woman walking her cat, and it just made me so happy. I had to be like, are you walking your cat? <laughs> like on a leash? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Yes that's great and it just it's
0: it's the little things
1: it totally has made my day i I love the fact that you know she's taking her cat for a walk in the woods Well, maybe it's not that that different, but it just—I don't know why it made me so happy, but it did. Oh, that's amazing. That's my highlight of the
0: day. Okay, I get—I had a different story, but I'm going to change mine now because because of that story. To like, I was telling this story to someone this morning about like things that like little things that make you insanely happy for the rest of the day, and one of them for me is that okay, I have a pink car, right? And there are a couple other people in Victoria who also have pink cars right nice and the f- <laughs> the first time I was actually driving with Ellen <laughs> we were like end <laughs> and i saw like if i see another pink car i basically like go bananas you know like i'm like i'm like waving and smiling and hoping that the person sees me right oh my and if i get like so it was i was probably a couple of weeks ago Ellen and I were driving, and, like, it was, like, quite a fast road. And this other pink car was, like, coming towards us, right? And uh, and we saw him first. And we started, like, like waving. And, and I was, like, look, pink car. Like, we start waving and flapping our arms. And then there was this moment where, like, you saw we, – we saw him turn. He saw us, right? And we were, like, waving. And he just went from, like, just normal driving face, you know, kind of boring, average to, like – you could see his face just light up. He went from like a five to a 10, like just boom. Like he, he, was, he was just like, but everything's happening in like an instant because you're like passing, like we're passing on opposite sides, right? So it wasn't a long, and I just watched this guy go, like excited. And I was like, that totally just made my day that I got to watch him, his his face transition right there. Um, anyway, oh yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. Well, I hope those people get as much joy out of seeing another pink car. With your enthusiasm yeah. for that recognition, you know, on top of it. Yeah. So, and then I had,
0: yeah. I had another one a couple mornings ago where this woman, it was like a little, it was like a tiny little pink car too. It was like a little Micra or
1: something, you know, it's
0: like a little hatchback. And uh, she saw me first. So by the time I looked at her, she's like, she's waving her arms and I'm like,
1: ah! I love that. You... So now you know what it's like to be on the other yes, side.
0: Yes. So like the pink car people, like we're, we're coming. It's, it's happening. It's a thing. It's a thing
1: wow. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. figure. Well, I am very happy for But the problem is now I'm going to see pink cars and get weirdly excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like a gray car. So it's not going to make any sense. But I'll be like, Sarah would be so happy right now.
0: You should wave at that. But like, it's, it's actually given me a new appreciation for people who make like – people who make decisions to get a different color of car, like why are cars so boring in their color selection in the first place? Right. And it's just like, at some moments I'm like, it's just a pink car. Like that actually is not really, it's just a color like any other color. It's like not really a big deal, but at the same time it is one of those things like people talk about, my car all the time it's like it's like and it does bring me a lot of joy but like not as much as like a pink shirt would because like pink's a normal color for a shirt um so
1: well just just because it's different you're like this this is your way of standing out in the world Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i feel like people should have more not just necessarily it's not about the pink it's like more colorful cars should be a thing
1: Mm. i'm okay so is it do you think it's because I think a lot of it's resale, right? <laughs> People are worried if they get a funky colored car, it's going to be harder to sell. Right.
0: That's why, like, if we normalize it, right? Yeah. Then yeah, we can, yeah. like, your point is taken, obviously. Um, yeah. And mine is wrapped rather than so, like, it's, I didn't actually paint it pink, um, mm. but like, so I and I hadn't really even thought about resale because, as we talked about in a previous episode, I'm not planning on getting rid of this car. I'm just right. going to keep driving. You're
1: going it to drive it until it Yeah. Is it, is it wrapped like live feisty bridge? No,
0: it's just wrapped. Okay. Like it's like it's just matte pink. metallic pink. Um, okay. So it's not like, um, it's not kind of like bubblegummy pink. It's like kind of, it's got a little bit of that purpley hue sure. that like the feisty color.
1: I didn't know if you would like put, you know, work some design into it, you know, yeah. a marketing. In addition I thought
0: to... about it and I'm still mm-hmm. thinking I might put like a little decal in the, in the rear. Because people are looking at it anyway, right? I might as well have my business yeah. on it. <laughs> like, put like the website or something there in a, a little way. Um, but I haven't done that yet. Um, okay. Yeah. I might. You never know. Like, the rap lasts about four years. So,
1: oh, that's very good. Another three
0: years, maybe I'll be like full feisty flames and <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows what?
1: <laughs> you cards and rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, cool. Now we're we're gonna do a pretty hard pivot here. There's no natural transition not- to our next. <laughs> so this weekend, uh, we have Yokohama WTS, mm-hmm. and for the U.S., it's a qualification race for our Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And I just like for our listeners, especially the you know the track athletes in the U.S. Um, definitely, hopefully you're, you're going to tune in and support our athletes. It's weird because it's the first time in a few Olympic cycles that I have not been participating in the side of things. Um, yeah, so we're talking, it's, it's, it was, that was a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sitting back and, uh, like I'm part of the selection committee for the team. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've helped draw up some of the. The uh the criteria for qualification, but basically it's fairly complicated. Uh, but we have one athlete who's already qualified, Summer Rappaport, Mm -hmm. and uh, we should have uh definitely three spots for the women. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, three spots for the men. For the women, if you see, I'll, I'll simplify it. Um, I I'm sure they're like triathlete magazine or somebody else has done. more in-depth article, but, um, you know, if we have a woman other than summer on the podium, that should be an automatic qualification for the men top eight. Um, but we have seven women, uh, who are starting the race and we have five men. So hopefully people can cheer them on. It's a lot of stress. They are in the tightest bubble, that I have, uh, like it's it's actually really impressive oh. how well the Japanese are managing this uh, for the athletes to the extent where I don't think they can. They're not allowed to run or ride outside right now, like, so they're on treadmills, Whoa. they're on trainers, yeah, yeah. And so that's pretty tight, and like they barely have pool access. Where I think at one point there were ten athletes to a lane um, <laughs> the other day, but. Everybody's rolling with it because they know it. Their co- competition has similar, similar demands mm-hmm. placed on them to be able to, yeah, for the COVID for sure. Yeah, we
0: have some Canadians over there um, yeah. in the race. Do you, uh,
1: despite, do being, you know if it's qualification? Y- yeah, no. <laughs> despite <laughs> being you being surrounded yeah.
0: by people who know everything about the qualification system, it's. I just haven't had that conversation with anyone. Mm. Um, so I don't really know. I do know that they're there. So I don't know.
1: I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some automatic Mm -hmm. criteria in place for this race. Yeah. uh, Because a lot of countries are using it. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's going to come down to um, discretion for a few of our spots. Right. And that's going to be really challenging. Uh, Because we're also balancing. For the first time, we're going to have mixed uh, team relay Mm -hmm. in the Olympic Games. And, yeah, trying to figure out, okay, we want individual event medal contenders Mm -hmm. but we also want to be in contention for the mixed relay medal Mm. so trying to pick a team based on that and i think i think we've spent a lot of time you know trying to pivot with the criteria and really think about this so i think it's a fair system but i'm also really biased um Mm -hmm. we haven't gotten much pushback from the athletes so hopefully hopefully they think it's fair Mm -hmm. but all in all hopefully like if you're a fan of triathlon you can pass along some support to our athletes this weekend.
0: Right. So even if, okay. So even if you have someone on the podium, unless you have two women, now I'm just thinking about the women's team, but unless you have two women on the podium or two, however many men in the top eight, there's going to be a, at least one slot decided by a discretionary a decision we'll that you'll have, be part of.
1: We'll definitely have discretionary spots mm-hmm. selected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%.
0: Yeah. I can see how that's hard.
1: It is and it's not because, uh, especially with mixed relay, um, there are athletes with pretty specific skill sets that, Mm. you know, some, a couple of our men, for example, are not even going to Yokohama because they're saying I'm putting all of my, my, uh, chips into one basket and that's selection for the mixed relay going to Japan and doing an Olympic distance race is not going to help me do that. Mm. So the athletes are aware that mm. if it, especially for because our our women, uh, the women's team, they're also going to be some of the best in the world for mm-hmm. the mixed relay, just because we have we we have multiple, yeah, you know. Individual medal contenders mm-hmm. who are also very, very good in the mixed relay. Yeah. So the the limiter for our relay really is the men. Yeah. Um. Because they're not the same level as our women. So that's that's especially where it's going to come into play is, is how we select, uh, the men. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. So Sarah, tell me because I don't know some of our listeners might not know what's the format of the mixed relay.
1: Yeah. So each athlete does a mini triathlon. And altogether it's super fast, it's super dynamic. Uh it's two men, two women. Start with the the so it's woman, pass off to a man, pass off to a woman, pass off to a man. And altogether it's like an hour long race, really fast, a lot going on. Uh, you know, different teams are changing position all the time. And here's the kicker only eight teams qualify to be at the Olympic Games. And right now, U.S. is in a really good spot. Uh, But basically, if you can make it there, you have a pretty good shot of winning a medal. Mm. (laughs) I mean, if you think about those odds, you're like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, if there are only eight teams. Um, Now, one of the interesting things is, uh, so when they accepted it, when they were pitching it to the IOC for inclusion, Mm -hmm. they really, the IOC really, it ticked two boxes for them. Uh, you know, it's, it's fast and dynamic, Mm -hmm. but also it's, uh, you know, it's, it's mixed gender and they're, they're starting to move more towards events like that more. Like I think there's some mixed gender relays on the track Mm -hmm. starting this year. Well, I guess there's a third thing too. Um, they, they didn't want to add events that would increase the number of athletes. So they... Basically, it's like your pre-selected Olympic team pool. Mm -hmm. So they get more events, but without adding additional athletes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. I I think that's, I mean, I was aware of those, that the IOC was heading in that direction. I think it's a really interesting direction to have mixed gender things as a priority. I remember, because when I did that um, at the beginning, when we first started... Um, The whole 50 women to Kona trying to get equal slots for the pro women. I remember writing that sort of history of women's triathlon and um, on on WhatsApp. And one of the most interesting things for me was the fact that like triathlon, like basically triathlon was not a sport, became a sport and got into the Olympic Games in like 11 years. Right. It was like such a short turnaround from like actually... Like, the Olympic distance was effectively invented, and then 11 years later, it was in Sydney at the Olympic Games. And and the reason why, the one of the main reasons they got in was because the IOC was really focusing on women's sport. And they wanted to have 50-50 numbers of the number of female athletes and male athletes at the Games. And they keep getting close. Like, they're really close now. I forget where it was the last one, but it was like 52-48, or it was something really close. Um, and so that's part of like triathlon's legacy in terms of like being a sport that created depth in a women's field very, very quickly. Um, which like, that's why for me, it was part of the argument of like, why we should allow more women to compete at the top level. Because I don't know, like if you remember, but like when, um, when the Olympic distance first started, there's like, there'd be like start lines with like. 25 men and four women you know um but because they allowed the same number of women to compete the women's field like very quickly developed like just so quickly because now i think the women's field in a lot of countries is um as deep if not sometimes deeper like you just described in the us you know um at the moment your women are stronger from what I'm going up for what you just said, so tell yeah. me if I'm wrong. No, the, the
1: U.S. the U.S. women are definitely stronger. Yeah,
0: it's like uh um, it's definitely paid off um, for them. But anyway, I just thought it was like really cool that's part of the legacy of triathlon that like we got into the Olympic Games because of our our level of gender equality and equity in allowing women to race.
1: Yeah, and and I know that the the mixed relay was, it, It's absolutely an extension of that. Um, but it. You know, just from a pure spectator standpoint, it's also super fun mm-hmm. to watch. So I I hope people tune in and watch our individual races and you know, the summer are watching watching the Olympic triathlon. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. So the other thing like a, can I just say yeah. so I want to do a mixed relay. Like that sounds it's fun. Really fun. It's yeah. really fun.
0: Like I we used to do this like every on Wednesday nights here, um in the summer. It's probably started already. We do this like splash and dash where it's like swim 200 meters, run 2K, swim 300 meters. <laughs> like it's super, like the whole thing takes less than 20 minutes every week and it's a different format every week. It's just, it's just a swim run multi lap thing. But like, man, is it fun. Like you just go out as hard as you can. Like I, it's so great. Like I'm never winning any fast fast shit like that, but like so fun.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I some of, I only got to do a few. Mm-hmm. But it absolutely—those are some of my best memories uh, from Amazing. short course racing. And the fact that you're on a races. team
0: too, like yeah, cheering other people on. Yeah.
1: Right. You you get done, and you you are just proud of what you've done as a group, and you want to hand off to the next person the best position possible. And yeah. Yeah no it's it's great were you it's a really fast fun.
0: athlete like were you did you have like this the pure speed for that kind of short I, yeah,
1: I'd, yeah i'd some speed for yeah yeah um it what's what's good is that it really if you're well-rounded mm-hmm. um you, you do well in the format. Right. And you have good transitions and so you you both are well rounded in terms of physiology but also skill set. Mm. So like if you're pre- if you're pretty good technically, if you're good with your transitions, like you've all those things styled in because there's not a lot of margin for error. Right.
0: Right. Oh I, I never thought about that but I love that part of it. That like if you're well if you're like a more mind body connected athlete. Like not all triathletes are, right? <laughs> like some triathletes are like almost like pure engine like go in a straight line like if you have to if they have to change gears they fall off the pack kind of thing i'm exaggerating but like you know it it, so it's it's like suits some of those athletes that like have a little bit more skill or a little bit more like race intuition stuff like that definitely
1: race intuition comes into play because if you uh i liked going first um just so i could chill out and watch everybody else after that uh No, but like if, if you are, if you've been handed off and you're behind, you know, the front group and you have to close gaps, you know, having race intuition to understand your strengths and be able to read what's happening ahead of you to be able to close gaps. Like Mm -hmm. it definitely, if you're a savvy racer, um, you know, those, those are the athletes we, we really look for, especially in the, like for, for our men in particular, because or. For our women in particular, for the third leg, mm. uh, because like our our men are good, but sometimes gaps open. So we need to know that like our third woman has the ability on the swim, bike or run right. to potentially close a gap and right. be able to hand off to our fourth leg uh-huh. in the mix. Oh, yeah.
0: interesting. Strategy.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, there's absolutely strategy.
0: I love yeah. it. Cool. Okay. Well, you've just made me excited to watch this in, in the Olympics. Someday. Yeah, nice. <laughs> You've won me over. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, we had a voicemail this week. It was for you, Sarah, so list it up. Hey, Sarah and Sarah, it's the Ninja Voicemailer. Um, I just wanted to uh, offer my thoughts on Sarah True's question about unsolicited advice. Um, and I think it really depends, my my opinion is, it really depends on who's giving the advice, right? So, and this applies to both of you, but Sarah True, you know, if, if, if For those of us at the back of the pack, and I can't speak for the competitive age groupers, but for those of us at the back of the pack, um, just meeting Sarah True is like bragging rights. Uh, but getting your form corrected by Sarah True is like – I'd be working that into conversations about anything, you know, dropping interest rates. Man, those interest rates are dropping faster than my swim times after Sarah True corrected my swim form. Um, th- those are bragging rights for years. So, you know, Sarah, if, if you find it that, uh, the person's swimming like slower than two minutes per hundred, go for it, you know, and, and they'll love it. So just my two cents. So Sarah, what do you think? I feel like, like our ninja voicemailer had the same reaction I did, which was like, anyone would be happy to have swim advice from the Sarah true.
1: Okay. Which is super sweet. And I appreciate that. But you all know who I am. Like, what if, what if I just rock up to somebody at the pool and I'm like, um, excuse me, you need to do all these things differently in the pool. But they're like, who is this, who is this pregnant lady who, you know, like, why would I listen to her? I haven't asked for feedback, you know, based on how I'm swimming right now, I wouldn't take necessarily feedback from me. Um <laughs> like there's there's an assumption that people would know who I am and ma- maybe that's true for some track athletes but that's not true for everybody but thank you for making You don't me walk around loved.
0: in public like f- like fighting off people coming up to you for autographs. No. That's no, not your definitely life. Not. Okay. I
1: don't have like the Olympic rings tattooed on my forehead. You <laughs> know like <ever>. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> So, Amazing. Yeah, I I still am on the fence about it. Basically, okay. like I don't know. I can't assume that people are going to. Like, I just don't want to offend anybody. Mm. Okay. Yeah.
0: But but having said that, your our your rant last week about unsolicited advice has inspired oh, yes. us to do a new segment, which we're going to oh, do after yes. the break. So after the break, unsolicited. Unsolicited (laughs) advice. (laughs) My advice is learn how to say unsolicited if you're on a podcast Um, from Sarah and Sarah. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear.
1: For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And
0: that includes the wetsuits, so... It deals all around
1: if we were riding is a feisty podcast remember to follow us on instagram and facebook at if we were riding and we love hearing from our feisty friends so please send us a voicemail at sarah at that's sarah without an h right so just grab your phone record an audio file and email it to
0: me and we will love it and love you forever
1: Okay, Sarah, do you have unsolicited advice to give to our listeners here? I haven't thought of, I haven't thought of any. I want you to go first. This is what mm. I
0: couldn't think of anything before the show, and we just had to start recording. And so, like, now I'm oh, hoping... Right. I'm still hoping that your unsolicited advice is going to, like, trigger me to Mine's some...
1: really random. Okay. Okay. So, again, this is another pool story. I was at the pool mm-hmm. the other day, and there's a guy... In the lane next to me, you know, probably not a regular lap swimmer, but he's given it. You know, he's working hard. And I noticed that at the end of his lane, he has a Nalgene bottle full of what looks like tomato juice or V8. <laughs> 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 so, my unsolicited advice for the week is tomato juice or V8. Well, I respect hydration and nutrition, and there's some sodium in that. May not be the best beverage to drink while working out. <laughs> Pro tip, right there. In case he's listening. <laughs> yeah, in, case, in case he's. If there's anybody out there who's like Sarah, you're wrong. Tomato juice has fueled me through many Ironman races. We welcome we welcome your feedback. I just, like, the I don't know, the heartburn and acid reflux. I, mm-mm. No, I thank you.
0: Yeah. No. I can't. I can't. I couldn't even imagine it. No. <laughs> Ew. I, I'm barely, I'm on the fence about tomato juice anyway. <laughs> like, maybe in a Caesar. <laughs> if it comes with alcohol. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. I could give some unsolicited swimming advice. Ooh. How about that? Um, Go for it. Okay, I'm, now I'm just making this up. This is not the most quality content. But if I was going to give people, having coached for, like, several years and probably hundreds of people, um, one thing I'd say about swimming is, like, everybody just, like, chill the fuck out. Like, <laughs> like that's really the best swimming advice I, I could give. It's, like, the main thing that makes you, that causes, what do you call it, like, What's, like, the friction against water? Like, the main thing that causes you to slow down drag. the water. Drag, thank you. The main thing that causes drag is, like, actually being too tense, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you're tense, the the lower half of your body starts to sink, right? Um, and a lot of people are, like, super tense because they're trying to go fast or they're concerned mm-hmm. about a perception that they're not swimming fast enough or I don't know what. Or sometimes there's, like, a low-level... Um, anxiety related to swimming because of the whole drowning thing which is like an unconscious it's a very real thing for humans being in the water i think um but if if you just relax and swim that's it, like it is
1: it is kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. it but is. yeah you you stop fighting the water mm-hmm. and you become one right <laughs> 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 there you go unsolicited swimming advice <laughs> and
0: nutrition advice
1: yeah. <laughs> oh jeez we've survived we've survived we did the podcast. we both
0: had um we both had some reasonable thoughts and like a and full sentences we managed to create some full sentences so
1: some words were tricky <laughs> some <laughs> thoughts were a bit challenging yes but hopefully this time next week we'll be feeling a bit a okay. bit perkier mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well thanks for listening to another week of if you're we writing Keep on plugging away, give as much unsolicited advice as you want, but just be prepared that you might get some pushback. My time. None of you people can tell me to stop, my town, my crown, we know what it takes to be reaching the top, be are reaching the top, be are reaching the top, we know what it takes to be reaching the top.